0: Big fat Indian and <laughs> my life is slow again.
1: <laughs> it's time for loud pipes—the podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring
0: adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode: Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Miracle.
2: Loud Pipes episode one eighteen. We had an eighty degree day in mid February. Holy cow! And that brings us to our next segment in the new and returning rider series. This one titled "Get a Bike." Speaking of getting a bike, brother Hogan,
0: you got What's... a bike, don't you? Oh
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got a big piece of uh. Loving this afternoon with the 75-degree weather here in Atlanta. Mm-mm. So, man, I, you know I had to get out there and enjoy the ride. So and put the new tags on her, and um, away I went. I went all just uh, an hour ride, you know, trying to knock the rust off because it's been a minute. It has been a minute for sure. <laughs> Since I've been on her. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was able to get her out without, this, without the tour pack on the back, and, wow, totally different ride. Yeah, it looks good. Looks good. Well,
2: what do you have in your glass, my man?
0: Well, my man, I'm having a uh, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, this is your kind of beer, right here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I've I've got something like that in the fridge that I'm passing on tonight because my stomach's been a little upset, so I'm going with a little bit tamer
0: beer than that. hmm Yeah, it's wild.
2: That's a hop monster. Mm-hmm. Alright. Johnny John, Spider Silk. I know you got something up there. What's happening? Hey man, not much.
3: I went out riding last night. Didn't go tonight. But oh. what went, went riding last night. It was beautiful last yesterday.
2: It was chilly, wasn't it, yesterday? I don't know I wasn't here.
3: Mm-mm. It was nice. Right We're for rain today, but it changed and we went out last night and um, met up with a group from Moto Amino. There ended up being 16 of us at dinner.
2: Wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like taking over the joint.
3: Uh, we did a little bit.
2: <laughs> Very nice. And do you have a beverage or are you, I know you got a big trip coming up, so.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm skipping this week. I'm doing water. Big trip Sunday.
2: All right. All right.
3: Got a hydrate. You've taught me well. You told me to hydrate.
2: That's right. And it, you can't hydrate the day of. It's too late.
3: I've been hydrating all week.
2: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll join Rico with the beer. And like I said, mine's a little more tame. This is from Mother Earth Brewing. Where are they? Uh, Kingston, North Carolina. This is called Endless River. It's a Kolsch-style ale. We're taking a break from the hops tonight. <laughs> you, might, you might tell me rest. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That'll do. That'll do. As I almost choke on it.
0: That'll do. That'll,
2: that'll do. <coughs> One pipe. All right. Well, before we get into the new topics, there's a couple of things I want to cover. So Rico just got the bike out after, so let's just say, several months. So we won't we won't grind in the details. Mm-hmm. So bring us up to
0: speed. What was it like getting on your bike for? For the first in first, quite a while. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was quite a trip, actually. So, you know, like I said, I was put, I uh, put the tags on, t- took the tour pack off. Cause I think we talked in previous, um, mm-hmm. a previous episode that, you know, I'm gonna uh, get on it for the first time without the tour pack. And it, that made a world of difference just getting reacclimated to it. But, you know, it's just like, uh, rekindling with an old girlfriend. This is, it was just beautiful. You know, we we hugged, we laughed, we kissed.
2: It caught up on old
0: times. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, you
2: didn't end up rolling around in the dirt because that wouldn't yeah. be good. with The bike. I know, with right? the bike.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I got out for about an hour. I did about fifty miles. Nice. Um, you know, just kind of tool around. Got a little lost here, which is nice because that's the way I like it. So in these backwoods of Georgia. So did that. So um, yeah, you know, it, it, riding it was nice without the tour pack because it wasn't as heavy. So I didn't really have to, you know, worry about struggling with it. I guess mm-hmm. because she is a big girl. But yeah, without that tour pack, she's a, a a a way lighter bike to ride, and uh, just kind of getting used to you know taking corners again. So that was something to, you know for being away from her for a while, just just that confidence of the bike being able to lean over that far is not there yet. So I, th- I thought that was something that I uh, was kind of interesting of just saying, huh. normally I would take this corner like nothing and I don't know, maybe it's just me, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, i was just kind of ease around a lot of the corners, kind of working on like the small, the slow turns and stuff like that. Trying to do a, a U-turn. Uh, in um, uh, in a suburb. So I tried to do a quick U-turn and just ended up just kind of not doing a U-turn like I normally would, just kind of <laughs> turn my head and just kind of go and do it. But I just kind of like, oh, I'm going to put my foot down and back <laughs> up and do <laughs> like was, a three-point turn. I would
2: say yeah, more like a K-turn at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So I thought that was interesting. So, you know, I'll get there. I'll get there. But yeah, it was great. You know, it felt good. Um, like I said, It just, the bike just fits me. And, uh, I was just loving it. I was reintroduced to the heat of the motor. (laughs) It's like, Oh yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah. That that heat. Yeah. All right. But yeah, you know, I just kicked my leg up and, uh, that helped a lot and, uh, didn't have to worry about it too much, but yeah, the heat was something else. It's like, okay. Yeah. Very nice. uh, Yeah. It was
2: cool. Big difference without the tour pack. That's cool.
0: yeah, it's a big difference. So now I'm looking at the carbon seats um, to kind of slim down that really big seat in the back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I think I sent you the link to that. So I'm really looking at that to to replace uh, the seat. But um, debating if I should get the heated one or not. So it's a, <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, it's like a like a hundred and fifty dollar difference. First world so, problems. Right. Oh, it's crazy. So that and let's see. Let's see what else. Yeah, I had to put air in the tires. Of course, yeah. New battery, put right? New battery in, on the bike and in the key fob. Let me see what else. Check the oil oh. in it, so that was fine. Oh, the key fob was dead, too. Yeah, it needed a new battery. So I put the new battery in and had the key fob in my pocket, jumped on it click. I was like, it, it didn't do anything. I was like, what? What's going on? Hmm. I was like. And uh, the red light on the security light on the display was showing, so I was like, ah, oh, the key fob. So I had to run out to Home Depot, grab a grab a battery for it, and Good as soon go. as I pl- put, put, put that in, it was started right up. But,
2: well, John, maybe that's what was wrong with the eluder. Maybe it was just a weak battery in the key fob. I kept complaining about. Possibility. Always a possibility. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I can't wait. Can't wait to hear more stories now that you're you're back in town, so to speak. And yeah, the yeah. bike going.
0: Yeah, as soon as it gets a couple more nice days, I'll be out a little bit more.
2: Nice. So yeah, I got I got mine out today. Um, I had a place to be this afternoon, uh, sort of a work trip because it was in the middle of the day, and it was just me. So I figured, eh, let's take the bike. And of course, I was very excited to ride. Probably going a little quicker than I should have been and following the car in front of me closer than I should have been.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and all of a sudden, there was about a six foot, six foot, Jesus, <laughs> there was a six inch piece of concrete in my path. So there really wasn't any time to react. I did was able to turn the wheel just a bit to miss hitting it head on, but I did catch the side of the front wheel, put a nice, ding into the rim oh. and then it proceeded to bounce down the side of the bike and take, take a big swipe out of the primary too. Oh, what? Yeah. So that was, that was my fun ride this afternoon.
0: Oh, hell no. Hmm.
2: And it was oh. Rico, this stone was big enough. If it would have gone under the bike, it would have lifted me off the ground. No, cause way. I don't have that much ground clearance. So I had just enough time to, I flicked the bars twice i flicked it so that i could try to not hit it head-on and then back the other way so that i was straight up and down if i did hit it and yeah it was just like thump whack plump and i looked behind me and i see it rolling in the rearview mirror and oh. it's it's amazing when you have an incident like that how much you you can realize and remember you know right. what i mean like at that moment Like, I knew there was no car behind me. I knew there was one to my right that was behind me. So I knew I had space to the right if I needed, and there was no one to the right of the car also in front of me. But it was just, I, you know, just following them a little too close, and I was a little too too far towards the center of the lane, which I don't usually ride there. Mm -hmm. And just, boom, there it was, and it wasn't enough time to react. So so my baby got a couple of gouges. Oh. (laughs)
0: Oh, it, it it'll be okay. it be okay, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still rideable. <laughs> now, does the does it does it wobble at all? Now that you have that ding in it,
2: I didn't notice anything. I I only run it up to about sixty on the way home, mm-hmm. and I didn't notice it not any worse than it has been. I've I've th- thought that the wheel needs to be sort of trued up for a while, and the last time that I've asked the dealer, they said it was within spec. So. I'm going to do it myself. I'll take it off and what do I need for that run out gauge? Probably put it on a spindle, spin it around and then get some spoke wrenches and see if I need to true it up. But I need to check and see if it's bent first. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it's bent. It just has a nice gouge taken out of it. Oh, sorry, Brad. Yeah. I put some pictures in a clubhouse if you want to see it. <laughs> All right. Oh, that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, and I didn't notice it at first because it happened on the way to where I was going. And when I got there, like, I don't really see any damage because I I didn't really see it on the wheel. I was like, well, I think it hit the wheel somewhere. I noticed a little bit of dust on the front part of the primary, like where the jiffy stand is. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe it just bounced around under the bike. And I didn't pay too much attention to it. I you know, did what I needed to do, come back out. And then when I got home, I really started looking over and I was like, oh, wow, there's a gouge out of the wheel. There's two big wax in the primary. Ugh. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Just ain't right. <laughs> so before we bring the vibe down too far, let's get into our new topic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Cheer me up, man. Cheer new topic. So we're our, continuing our new rider series and we've actually called that the new and returning rider series. So we're trying to help people that are looking to get out and start riding for the first time or who might be coming back to riding who's who's been absent for a little while. And this is our third part of the series. So remember we started with um, get some training. Our second. We did two episodes of that, and then we did a third episode on Get Some Gear. And now this is our our third topic, the fourth episode. This one would be called Get a Bike. So now the part that we love, the hardware. Mm-hmm. What are you going to ride? You're all trained up. You're geared up. You look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow. You need something to ride. <laughs> yeah. So we've had, had a real good conversation about this in the clubhouse, so I want to thank the guys in there. I know um, Sir Mike had contributed, Zion, um, Old Man Slacker, and a bunch of others. If I miss anyone, we'll get to them as we go through it. But just some good thoughts on what a good first bike should be, both in terms of the specs, you know, what size engine are we talking about, what size, maybe the style, and then more of the philosophical idea of what a first bike should be. <clears throat> and that's where we'll, we'll go from there. Now, John, I know you made a list. Did you want to call out any bike in particular? Or you want me to give you the overview? Or I'll give you my thought first. How about that? Okay. And then I know you've got a defined list. And then we'll we'll go in that direction. And Rico can keep me honest. Uh, Or at least correct my mistakes. uh, Okay. (laughs) So the main idea for me is when when you're getting your first bike, is the bike has to fit you. And that's both literal fit you in terms of, Needs to be comfortable, be appropriate for your size and shape, and all of that, <laughs> but also the style, right? We right, we say we've said before that a starting sport bike would be something like a three hundred, you know, Ninja three hundred, or maybe the new four hundred. That size machine, but if you're going to ride a cruiser, then that's irrelevant. You know, now you're looking at something like what Kenny just got, the Vulcan S, you know, or some sort of some sort of standard roughly six, 700 CC engine. All right. And I, I try not to get hung up on the engine for me. I think your first bike, again, it has to fit. You're not going to be like, if you're my size, you're not going to be tooling around on a Grom. That's just, it's just not going to happen. Right. You know, if you're very tall or very large, that's not going to be a starter bike. And, and something like a, you know, as an and uh, geez, I can't even talk. <laughs> the Yamaha R3 is not going to be, suitable for someone who's who's large either all right so i think the size of the bike plays into that and my only real reservation on the engine is just don't go over your head there's there's no reason for a first-time rider to be on a, a leader bike for example or you know anything north of 100 horsepower but if you're a returning rider and you've ridden quite a bit in the past you know who are we to say that you shouldn't start out with something like that because when you're returning you're most likely going to get back into it and stick with it, get something you're comfortable with, something you know you're going to ride and learn on that and move forward. That's kind of my general thought. Yeah. Those are good thoughts. Now, how do you feel about new versus used? So I think my my overall opinion would be a used bike's a good choice in case you have a mishap, you know, it gives you the opportunity to wrench on it. A lot of... A lot of good bikes out there in the used market and a lot of variety as well. But at the same token, I don't want to discourage someone from buying a new bike as Kenny did. You know, if, if you have the means or you just know, you know in your heart that that's the bike you want, then I don't see anything wrong with starting on a new bike either.
0: Yeah. And I guess it's going to depend on too what kind of ride you're going to be doing. You know, yep. are you getting into riding to do... Uh, like sport touring type of riding? Are you going to be, are you lo- really excited about, you know, track days on the on the track? So you want to look for, you know, a crash racket or, you know, enduro something or mm-hmm. cruiser type style bike? Um, you know, it depends on where you are in your biking experience. What attracted you to it to begin with? Yeah. And then fight, fight, find a bike that suits you whether it be new or used, but like you said, I would, you know, if I'm just getting into it, I'll try to find a used bike if I, you know, if I can, uh, just to see if this is something that, um, I'm into,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, I wouldn't go out and just buy a bike and find out after you bought this eight, nine, ten $10,000 bike that, uh, oh, this is not the bike I thought it was going to be type of thing. Then you, you know, you start until you able to sell it
1: yeah. or trade
0: it. So yeah, you know, find something, find the style that you want, maybe test out a couple and uh, go from there.
2: Yeah. Kenny's on the live stream. So he had a, a good point. He said the price had a lot to do with his decision. So the, <laughs> the price was right on the leftover Falcon that he picked up. Uh huh. So it, it made a ton of sense for him to get that.
1: Cool. Yeah.
2: And I think that's a, if I'm going to pin down a bike, I think that is a pretty good place to start. If you, if you want a cruiser style bike, I think that's a pretty good place to start. The price is right, power seems sufficient. You know, we know Old Man Slacker rides one, and now Kenny rides one. Seems to be quite a bit of aftermarket support for it. So I think that's a that's a good one. Yeah. So we need yeah. we need to go around a little bit. I think we've told it before, but I need to know your first bike, Rico, and not just. So the first bike that you can remember ever riding and then the first bike that you owned to
0: ride, Yeah, what was yours? Can you remember
2: the first thing you ever rode, whether you owned it or not?
0: Uh, It was a dirt bike. The first bike I ever rode was a Honda 250 and I just rode it around my my property because my mom dated, um, you know, this guy and he had dirt bikes. He had two of them and he brought one on you know, brought him over on the trailer and just wanted to kind of tool around the uh uh our, our property on him because we had a lot of dirt hills and mm-hmm. little trails that you can go on. So he brought him over and um asked me if I wanted to ride one and that was that was a good time, you know? Yeah. So that was that was my first experience on the bike. I didn't know if I would um at that point I didn't know I wasn't really into bikes at that point. I think I was just more into driving. So I was, uh, racing go-karts and stuff like that mm-hmm. back in the day. And then we got a four-wheeler. So I was just jumping four-wheelers and, you know, just kind of ripping up the yard with that thing. And that was fun, you know? So those are my first experience, experiences on the motorcycle, you know? And then, uh, a couple of years, I, you know, you know, you go to school, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't really into it, just wanted to get a nice car so I can drive that. So mm-hmm. bikes didn't come until, I don't know, maybe when I was in my 30s. 30s? Of, yeah, in my 30s, late early 30s. No, I can't say that. Well, no, I can't say that. It was in my early 30s. Trying to do some math, don't
2: hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, what, what was it? <laughs> That's like me earlier. So, Someone asked me how many years we've been married, and I was like, I waited and waited. They were like, "It's not a trick question." I was like, "No, it's math. It's hard. Come on, yeah, give yeah. me a minute."
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So what, what? What was the first bike? The first street bike? Was it the R six? Or you had the you had a Harley before that? Yeah,
0: Harley. Yeah, Softail. Yeah. That. Yeah. You so. sure did.
2: Yep. You hear that, so, folks?
1: <laughs> it was ninety five.
0: <laughs> it was a ninety five. Was old, older, so it you know. You know, because all my buddies at the time were riding those bikes. So I said, like, all right, I'll get a Harley. And, you know, it was slow enough. <laughs> <It's not> cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so cheap. I, I, were you I guys, like, cruising the side roads, smoking cigars and yeah, stuff? Most, <laughs> most of the time, through the metro parks, you know, nothing crazy.
1: <laughs> you know. Uh-huh.
0: So That was cool. You know, we had a we had a, um, a Quaker Steak and Loop uh, bike night, so we all, you know, every Thursday night we would go to that and and, and did that up. So that was cool. Nice. And Then I got you know then everybody transitioned at work, and then I was stuck with these guys who ro- who word who rode um, sport bikes. So I was like, ah, I can't keep up with these guys with my bike. So let me get a sport bike. <laughs> You know, so my brother was like, yeah, you know what, I'll get one too. I was like, sweet. Nice. We started looking at the different bikes and um, we were attracted to the Yamaha because Yamaha was, you know, was coming on the scene. They were strong bikes on the, on the racing scene. Mm-hmm. So we liked both the Yamaha R6 and the R1. So we couldn't decide, you know, if we get two R1s or two R6s, whatever, So he got the R1 and I got the R6 and we would just switch back and forth. And, um, yeah, we loved it, you know, track days, you know, wheelies on the highway, you know, the whole, the whole thing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was a good time. You know, we didn't kill this, kill ourselves. So I guess that's, you survived. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, today, I think it was today or yesterday I was, um, we're driving on the highway. Coming back from Asheville and these guys, you know, it's like five or six of them, you know, bouncing the front wheel and riding it out, you know, for a, a couple, you know, a couple miles or whatever coming down. It's like, oh, man, and it just, you know, it brought back those memories mm-hmm. of just, oh, my God, I was a, a crazy person. And, of course, my aunt was in the back seat, like, oh, my God, they're going to die. They're going to kill. We're going to run over them. So she was freaking out. So I can see where the anxiety of. People who are in cars watching these guys do these stunts yeah. are freaking out. These guys are idiots, blah, blah, blah. So I can say, huh, oh, uh, yeah, they are. But I can under I, I can relate to where they are, you know, in their life right now. careless, invincible, you know, they're taking on the world, they're doing crazy shit, whatever, whatever. But uh now, you know, I got the uh big fat Indian and <laughs> my life is slow again. <laughs> And, um, with all the affection in the world, right, right. And, uh, here here I am enjoying that, you know, and like we, we talked about, you know, getting the bike that I can kind of transition with, Mm -hmm. you know, if I want to slim it down, I can, if I want to, you know, pack it up and go on a long ride, I can. Um, so, you know, today was me taking on a new, you know, perspective with this bike Without having the tour pack on and riding it this way, and I think I might do it for a while because I don't see myself going out on any long trips. And you know, even when I come to Charlotte, I don't think I'm gonna put the tour pack on. I'm just leave it off for a while just to experience it without that. You know, why not? Right? Did you ride it without the side bags, or you left those on? I left those on because you know I got the speakers on those. Even though I didn't listen to the radio, it just looks nice with you know with the side saddles on it.
2: All right. Well, you don't, not now, but when you get into the summer, in the heat of the summer, you need to remove the lowers and see what that's like.
0: Right, exactly. So we'll get there. And be like a chieftain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, my first, the first bike I can remember riding was a mini bike. And oh, yeah, mini bikes. <laughs> I'm trying to find some pictures. So Kenny will really remember it, you know, your basic little lawnmower engine on it. Yeah. You know, friction brake on the rear. That was a fun little thing to ride. Yeah. And I'm, about that. I may have ridden a dirt bike or so, you know, in and around the neighborhood. I, I don't really remember clearly. But the first road bike that I ever had a chance to ride was my buddy Jay, um, had a Rebel 250. So I rode one of those around with him and he had a, I think it was a Suzuki Intruder. I don't remember the size, maybe seven or 800cc. So he was riding that. I was following him in the Rebel and, I just remember, it, you know, I didn't know anything about leaning. I didn't know anything about counter steering. I just remember almost riding it off the road because I was making like this forever wide turn. And it's like, I can't turn. I can't lean and turn. It's like, ah, I'm going off the road, riding in the grass. <laughs> it was, oh. like, was kind of <laughs> funny. But, but the first bike then that I purchased and, and rode significantly was the KLR 650. And I think that's another recommendation I would have is if you have the means to start in the dirt or do at least do some dirt riding. I think there's a lot of skills to be gained there and, you know, being able to feel the bike move around under you and and get used to that and be able to control it. I think that's a skill that will help you on the road and just, just does not panic, you know, when that stuff happens. right. John, what was your first bike? (laughs) I think we can just go back a few episodes, right? (laughs) No, you can't. (laughs) Uh Oh, He's going in the way back machine on us.
3: If you really go back 30 plus years, 30 years,
2: I had a moped. You did have a moped. Mm-hmm. When was this? Oh, when I was about 15. Oh, okay. Pre-college then. Pre-college. Before me. Before
3: you, yeah.
2: I had a little Yamaha. I think
3: it was 50cc. My dad got it for me. He had some issues with it. And then I got another one that was a Honda 50 CC huh. and then I traded in for a newer one and then,
2: Oh, well, then it was time to get a car. It's car time. Get a car. Yeah. Car. I think that's kind of what happened to me as well. You know, once it was time to drive, I wasn't really thinking about bikes until after college. And then I bought that, bought the KLR in 2000 and never looked back. Cool. I didn't know you had a. I didn't know you had um, scooters or mopeds back in the day. Yeah, I did. Had a couple, three of them. I know you had a four wheeler. Did you guys have any three or four wheelers back in New York?
3: Uh, I didn't. Uh, Brother in law had some where he lived, and we'd ride them the three wheelers sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Man, the old three wheelers—that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was interesting. If you didn't die on it, it was fun.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the, the moped thing. So my cousin had a moped. And when I would come to Cleveland, or go to Cleveland, um, he he had one. I can't remember what it was, but it was um red and white. And we wrote that thing everywhere. But yeah, that brought back memories when you said moped, John.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. So,
3: um... My problem I had was I didn't like that. I one did like 30 miles an hour and that was it. So <laughs> and being on roads were the doing faster than that kind of scary.
2: Yeah. Those little bikes, you know, little things like that back in the day, they were scary at speed. Yeah. So Kenny, Kenny's trying to get me to remember. Apparently our brother, Kevin had a, he says had a 80 or 90 three speed mini bike. I don't remember that one. I don't remember if it was a mini bike or, like you're saying, John, more like a moped. I have to find pictures. If we had pictures, that would be great. I don't think I do. I'd love my dad picture of that mini bike though. Go ahead, John.
3: Yeah, I remember. You know, before I got my license, I would ride up down the sidewalk in the town, and then I think one day, a cop came by and yelled at me for it, and I think our neighbor lady called the cops on me.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I wasn't like bothering anybody, but he's like,
2: you know, um, shouldn't be doing that. let's well, go hunting for photos. So let's see. I guess we'll transition to John a little bit. So you have other advice, and you know, I know a lot of people, not a lot, but I know several people in the Moto Amino group there are fairly new riders, or or some of them are are really new riders.
3: Yeah, I I would. Actually, I mean, I agree with you on this, you know, f- get a bike that fits your size. I don't think you should go buy a leader bike. No. Um, I, I totally agree with that. I think it's ridiculous. Um, last week, one of the guys, Moe and Meal from Charlotte, came up and he has the uh, the CBR1000 <laughs> RR restable replica. Wow.
1: <laughs>
3: and he started up and I touched the throttle and that thing was so twitchy. Like a little bit, and it's like, oh my goodness, a little, <laughs> a little too much. So, yeah. so people that come in there, I mean, that's what they think. Oh, I'm gonna buy this bike and let's go, you know. Um, I would also recommend that you start out easy, you know. I know the guys, and uh, I think Zion mentioned to trailer the bike home before don't ride a home trailer home.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, that very first ride home. If, if you've not ridden, probably a good idea to just get the bike home first.
3: And, and take your time. Don't don't rush it. And you're not going to get. even though I agree with what Rich's comment or your Rich's comment about interstates are safer because everybody's going in the same way. But you're be. not going. Yeah. You're not going to go out there on a brand new bike on the first day and go on an interstate. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I mean, it's it's pretty scary, unless you
2: don't have a fear. Yeah, it's Um, definitely something to work up to. But, you know, on the bike size, the only only thing I'll add to that is, like I said, it's going to depend on the person. You know, if you're a new rider, but you're, you know, you're like my size, I still don't see you starting off on a a 300. And and while a 600 might be faster than you need, you may just need the frame of the bike in, in order for you to fit it. So I haven't ridden a 300. I probably should. Maybe take the R3 out for test ride.
3: I mean, I can actually tell you that people have ridden the R3. It will do triple digits. Well, yeah, so, a lot
2: of things will do triple digits, but it's how, how quickly you arrive at that number.
3: Yeah, the R3, you won't get there as fast, or the 300s, but what's really, they say the big thing with those bikes is that in the turns, you pretty much, if you left the throttle in a turn, if you're with faster bikes, they're going to leave you because you're rolling off the throttle and can't catch back up. So you learn a lot of throttle control with that and how to maneuver through
2: the turns and stuff.
3: Moment,
2: and, momentum riding, too.
3: Yeah, and and also I'll go back to new and used, this and is, this is my input on this, is that people that don't want to wrench or mess with it, then you're going to want to go new.
2: That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point.
3: Like me, I'm not very inclined to wrench. So, you know, yeah, you might drop it, But also you got to remember when you buy a new bike, you also get a warranty with it. So if you do buy a new used bike, make sure you take somebody, you're not mechanical, take somebody that is with you to make sure you are getting a good bike.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think the benefits of buying a used bike is that it's not a, it's not a certain, but you have more of an opportunity to wrench on it just because it's an older bike. But, but that's a great point. If, if you're someone that doesn't want to wrench, you have no desire no skill whatever you just just not your thing then maybe you're looking at a new bike right and then or something the, that's just slightly used you know maybe one or two year old bike instead of something that's right you know five six seven years old
3: right and and some of the i mean even like you said kevin or kenny found um the bike leftover and that's the other thing you'll find is leftover yep. bike pretty good um the only other thing that i'll throw out is what was I going to say? Um, Mileage. Yeah, that's true. Um, dang it. <laughs> You'll get it. Mm. All right, go on. I'll remember here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. So, yeah. So, so you're saying new if you're not a renter. I agree with that.
3: Oh, I know what it was. Oh, okay. If you are going to buy used, you don't want to buy in springtime because market prices will have them higher in the spring. Hmm. So you yep. don't do it in the springtime. You want to wait until, you know, winter end time. of the season or winter time to buy a used bike. Yep, because that's when the people are going to try to keep them high. And then you're also you're going to see influx in dealerships as well. Um, that'll happen where the dealership will start like now. They'll want to stock up the pile with a bunch of, you know, low CC bikes. You know. For new riders, and then later in the year, they're gonna those are gonna come back because they're you know after six months you're ready to upgrade. That's I mean be ready if you do start off on a low bike, that probably in a year you're going to want to be swapping because you're ready to upgrade.
2: Yeah, that's that's my one of my main hesitations about not buying a bike too small because you just you'd hate to have someone get into it really get into it and now you're frustrated because you've, sort, you've sort of moved on. Yeah. You want, you've, you've raised your skills. You're feeling confident. Maybe you're riding with other people. And I know we always say ride your ride, but, but that's to a point when you're in a group, you may reach a point where you just really can't keep up. And then that may be time to start looking at another one. So I, I'd really kind of caution people getting the bottom of the barrel, I guess, for lack of a better term, but don't, don't under-purchase either.
0: Yeah, even, you know, instead of getting a brand new 600, get a, a, you know, a couple years old 600, something a little older, but you still have the 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 speed, I guess. You'll still have the power. Maybe it take you longer to get there, but you'll still be able to keep up because, you know, you have the 600. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. guess I don't think I said it right, but, well, you know, 600 versus an old 600.
2: Yeah, you're talking, what are we looking at, about 30 horsepower? What's the new R6 now? Is it is it 130? I'd have to look. Hold on. I'd have to look. So so yours, for example, the first generation, is rated right at around 100. And that's that's a lot of squirt for a bike that weighs less than 500 pounds.
0: Yep, yeah, 400 pounds. Yeah, it's in the fours, right? It's uh, 386. Something like that. That's dry, though. Well, still.
3: So so the R3 puts out 42 horsepower in European. They don't say what the U.S. model puts out.
2: Yeah. The new R6 is is definitely over 100. It's probably... It's got to be, I would say, close to 130 at this point. Would be just a quick guess.
3: They're saying 100 at the rear tire.
2: Okay. Well... And Gen 1 still pretty good. Then they're, they're, they're calling that 100 at the crank, though. Uh,
3: it says 122 on tap at
2: the crank. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's so, cool. But it's also a different riding style. The, the challenge with riding a 600 and getting the power out of it is, as Rico can attest, you have to be pretty high in the rev range. Yeah. It doesn't even come to life until 7 or 8. Yep.
0: And you got all the way to fourteen and a half. So yeah, and then you got six really, more thousand to play with. <laughs> you can really wring his neck, and that's how I was able to keep up with some of the the nine hundreds and the one thousands because I can, you know, rev it so high. Indeed.
2: So I don't know. Any other thoughts on that one, Rico? On um,
0: you're you're on board with used bike for the most part. I guess. I know a lot of guys, you know, in the sport bike world, they were getting, you know, the katanas and riding those like a 600 katana, riding that for a while, then upgrading to maybe, you know, a CBR or Yamaha, you know, just like to to get familiar with the bike, you know, and riding that style bike, even though the katana is a more upright riding position versus the, the CBR or the the R6 or the, you know, the 1000. So if you're, again, it's going to come down to the position that your body can handle too. So the bike's got to fit you. The position's got to fit you. So a lot of guys, you know, they play football or basketball, their knees are aching, their wrists are aching, mm-hmm. you know, their back is hurting, their neck is hurting because they have to, you know, look under the, <clears throat> stay, tuck under the windshield, the, and look up. So there all these things are a factor where if you're sitting upright on a katana style bike per se
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh then you're not you don't have to contort yourself to to ride a particular bike. Again, this goes back to the style of bike you're going to want, the kind of ride you're going to be doing uh on a bike. So you might want a dirt bike like a uh Honda uh CF, CFR uh CFR no, CCRF, CRF, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> two fifty something like that, where you can do some dirt riding, you can still do some road uh, worthy stuff, and still be upright. The same with the uh, the uh, Kawasaki three hundred X, you know, and you can find those bikes fairly cheap, and they're you know, and you on the dirt a two fifty three hundred is enough power for you because, you know, you want to want to have to, you want to be nimble enough to be able to take some of those dope corners, jump some of those, you know, moguls or whatever, you know, go up the hill, you know, so you want something that you can flick around. So again, it comes down to your body type, your, your, your riding style you want to do. And if you're, you know, and if you want to be able to keep up, if you're going to be riding by yourself, yeah, it doesn't matter and, 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 as much. And, and, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter much. So you can get a smaller bike because you're still got your training wheels on, mm-hmm. and you're just out here riding by yourself. You might be embarrassed or intimidated by some riding with somebody else with more, you know, with more experience. Until you get your feet under you and get more acclimated to riding, so you you might ride by yourself for a while until you can feel comfortable riding with a group. You know, as I think back, I think, yeah, you you would. And a lot of guys that I've ridden with, you know, they didn't like riding big groups because you have to focus not only on yourself and your riding, but everybody else around you. Not swerving into them, not running, you know, running into the back of them, you know, et cetera. So it's this whole dynamic once you start riding with people that a lot of people aren't ready for um, in the beginning.
2: Yeah, I think a, a tip for me would be, when when you're first starting out, obviously riding by yourself so you can get acclimated and and ride your own you know ride your own pace. But I would also find one other person to ride with because that's how I you know most of my learning was done riding with my buddy Robert and his brothers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So riding, riding with him side by side, picking up tips from other people. You know, we rode on road and
0: off road, so yeah, we, we were learning
2: did... both at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a danger to that too, because the other guys are f- more comfortable in riding, let's say the twisties, and you're new, and you're trying to keep up. You might take a a corner too hot, or not be familiar with the particular road they're on, and, you know, and totally mm-hmm. freak out and and end up wrecking. So I don't know. It depends on that person, and, and if they're conscious enough to, you know, help you through your. Early wing stage to kind of give you those pointers to help you take corners, maybe slow down so you don't have to come in hot mm-hmm. you know give you those signals you know so you're not riding you know outside your ability
2: yeah yeah my only point with with riding with someone else was just for the you know someone to to learn from you know if they're a more experienced riders than you you can watch you can observe ask questions you know even if after you've taken your your course it's still good to to talk to other riders and And the camaraderie, you know, it's always always more fun to ride with someone. Not necessarily, I'm not saying go out and ride with 15 people all the time, but I'm just saying, you know, at least one riding partner will be good. It'll, it'll help you ride more. Right. You'll have, you have another reason to ride.
0: And I think that'll just help your learning curve Mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. John is a good person to ask because John, how'd you feel when you first started out? Did you want to be by yourself until you got familiar with your bike and and know it before you started riding with the group of guys?
3: Yeah, I would say so. It's kind of nice to do that. Um, I think it is more helpful to have somebody with you, kind of help build your confidence or make you feel more confident to have somebody with you. I think when I first, if I remember correctly, a lot of times I rode with Matthew. So I did kind of do mix with one person and slowly grow. Um, I also would say if you're new and you're riding with somebody, comms are kind of important, I would
0: say. Um, mm-hmm. Don't forget like the hand this, signals.
3: Well, <laughs> well
1: yeah. hand signals bigger well, group. Good, but
0: I, I get your point there, John. You know, because you could – yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um,
3: because with the comms, you could sit there and relay messages like you're just talking about interns. Okay, you could say, hey, watch out coming up here. Take this one, go like this. With hand signals, you can't do
2: that. Right. Yeah. Well, that was good with with old man slacker in Pennsylvania. We were all on, we were all linked with our headsets. It was good to be able to give them some tips as we were riding through the more mountainous roads, you know, as someone who's getting into it fairly new. So that's a good point, John. If you're going to ride with someone like that, you know, see if you can both get on the same headset.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, when you're looking at buying a bike, a lot of people, they blow their, heart, their whole wad on a bike. And, you know, they accessorize, you know, as they progress through their riding experience. Um, so what will be some of the first things you would have someone purchase when they're just getting into the bike? You're talking about for the bike? or For the bike. Not, not only for the bike, but for what would you accessorize yourself? Uh, with when you're buying a bike, so you buy you got the bike. Of course, you hopefully buy a good helmet, mm-hmm. um, some kind of body armor. You know, whether it be slipping on your jeans or your jeans have the armor um, in them. Your jacket, um, your comms, gloves, boots.
2: I think some kind of luggage for the bike too, even if it's small to put stuff in, so you're not jamming your pockets full. You know, depending on the bike, of course. And then if you're if you're a tech person, you know, then I think a proper phone mount, something that's going to hold your phone securely, maybe a way to charge it, is going to be fairly important as well.
3: I would also throw out, and Enrico probably has this as well, if you do have a sport bike, get frame sliders. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Because that'll save your bodywork. Try to save your bodywork or engine guards. If you are new, I mean... Um, there's a one of the guys here. He actually bought uh, on his GSX S 750. He bought um, engine guards or cover cases to protect it in case it went down.
2: Yeah, I don't know what else we. Yeah, we did a whole gear episode. I'm trying to think of what else I would recommend for the bike. If you're going to wrench on it, and you're going to need some tools and things like that. Maybe a stand. Yeah, stand. Some way to hold the bike or get the bike up. Mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, if your bike's outside, you may want to think about a cover, you know, if you don't have it in a garage or somewhere in, indoors.
3: Ah, here's the other thing to think about too, just to thought about this. If you do go with a sport bike, also remember that you're going to do chain maintenance. So look at what type of drivetrain it is. If you want to deal with doing with a chain or go to a belt or even shafts,
2: you know, I kind of cringe a little bit when you said that. <laughs> uh, I don't like messing around with chains.
3: <laughs> well, it happens.
2: I've been measuring the R6 trying to see if I could fit a, a Ducati X Diablo belt on it or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe I could retrofit something in there. <laughs> right. That makes as much power as the R6. Why not? Yeah. So I so to come come full circle on the R6, I I just checked Wikipedia. And they're saying the first generation was 95 horsepower at the wheel, and then the latest one, which is weird, the latest one is 116 horsepower claimed, but the generation before that was 122, also claimed. They don't, they're not saying whether that's. I'm assuming that's crank, not wheel. But, and that's that power comes in at 14,500 rpm. <laughs> Screaming, <laughs> just screaming his full head off. You know, <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. Can't wait. I'm rubbing my hands, and now, of course, if I'm going to start taking the front wheel apart on the deuce, I need to get it on the road. Gotta have something to ride. There you go. All right, let's see. Anything else, John? Any other thoughts there on new bike advice?
3: I think we pretty much nailed it all. I mean, be
2: safe, be smart. Did I miss any good points in the clubhouse that were brought up? I know um, Zion was talking a lot about having the bike fit you as well, like from a, a physical standpoint.
3: I think that's what everybody was saying. I mean, that's what I saw. Pretty much everybody say you fit it to your body style.
2: Yeah, you know. get used. You know, I know Mike was favoring you so that you could wrench. Which, if you can, I think that's a good way to learn your bike and bond with it. If, if you can do your own maintenance you know even the basic stuff i think you're going to be much more connected with the bike yeah
0: or, or break it
2: <laughs> or break it and i guess that's the other thing right know your limits if you're if yeah. you're going to be more of a hazard to yourself maybe you should take it to a shop <laughs> right or uncle rico yep yeah cool all right rico anything else on your end on that one yeah, I know you missed our gear episode. Did you want to weigh in on that a little bit more? You kind of started with the gear and stuff,
0: or the body armor. Yeah, you know, uh, good gloves, you know, the body armor, Cavalier knee pants, if you can get them, if you can afford them. A lot of guys, you know, they can't afford, you know, some, you know, $150 for those jeans, so, you know, then buy, you know, a heavy jean, and get the body armor to put underneath it. Um, that's always good. Um, good boots, so you're not slipping. And that
2: the body armor you like is called BOM, or Bone. Yeah, yeah, B O H M, I think.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So I've been riding with that for years, and the, you know it lasts forever. You know, I just take the pads out, throw the the um, the the I don't know the whatever the material is in the washing machine, pull out, put the pads back in and away you go. And um, they've lasted me 20 years. This one set that I have, and I haven't need, felt that I needed to upgrade <laughs> at all. So, Hey,
2: Kenny's, Kenny's giving you a hard time. He says, good gloves,
0: explain. Oh, uh, good <laughs> gloves. Do uh, You have uh, the gloves with uh, Kevlar in the palm um uh, knuckle protection any particular brand that you like i can't think of any uh brands on top of my head because i'm just thinking you know when i was looking for gloves because the gloves are going to protect your hands and if you're coming off and you're putting your hands down you don't want your hands to get chewed up so you know any kind of glove that has kevlar in the palms knuckles is always good because i've done it i know what it feels like (laughs) and uh yeah Good thing I had all these things on because when you look at when you're sliding at 50 miles an hour and your bike is going one way and you watch it grind down and your skin is getting warm because you've been on one side for too long, you have to roll to the other side so you don't burn a hole in your pants, you know. So these are things, you know, if you have the right equipment, um, if you bought the the equipment that's going to protect you with the mishap does happen, Mm -hmm. then uh, you'll be better off. You can walk, get up unscathed, you know, dust yourself off, pick up your bike and hopefully ride it away if you can. not But, you know, if if it wasn't for me buying quality stuff, you know, I'll probably have road rash on me.
2: It's been a while since you've told that story. Yeah. You came off at, at 50? 50,
0: yeah. yeah, 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 this, uh, this bridge that went across the highway. I always wanted to do, you know, a Willie all the way across. It was pretty long. So, um, we were, me and my buddy, Mick, we were out riding and the bridge came up and this guy in a pickup truck was pissed off that I was riding a Willie across the bridge. So he swerves in front of me, slams on his brakes. So I had to slam on the back brake to come down real quick, and to keep from hitting the back of him, you know, I locked up the front brakes, mm-hmm. and I must have hit a sl- slick spot, and the bike just dumped, and it went sliding, you know, down the down the bridge, and I went the other way down the bridge, uh, sliding. So it felt like forever. Now you you were sliding on concrete, not like a not like a graded. Yeah, well, yeah, it was kind of like a graded bridge type of thing. You know, it wasn't smooth. It had the little cuts in it.
2: Mm-hmm. But it was concrete. What I mean is, it wasn't like a steel. Right. Like concrete. one you could see down through. Right. Oh, for, oh, my God. Thank goodness. You've been like a cheese grater.
0: Oh, I know. Right. Uh, but yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I got up unscathed. I had a hole uh, where my knee initially hit the ground mm-hmm. in my jeans and um, my jacket, my elbow, my shoulder. Um, got scuffed pretty really bad, my elbow, the side of my glove, and scuffed my uh, palm, and the side of my helmet. Nice. Well, so good thing I was wearing a full face, too, because even though I hit the side of the helmet, yeah. you know, thank goodness I had a full face helmet on that day.
2: But your bike is a testament to the frame sliders because the, the R6 was on, on, unfixed after that, correct? Right, yeah. So you can see... Where it ground down the slider a little bit, just a tiny bit of road rash on the plastic, a little bit on the bar end, and that's it. Yeah. It's the only thing on the bike.
0: Yeah. Frame sliders. Yeah. Get get them. Get (laughs) them. Get them. Use them. Love them. Yep.
2: So I guess, Kenny, one more thing on the gloves. This is one of those pieces of gear that, unless you know the brand and you absolutely know your size, you probably need to go to the store and try them. Yeah. And to me, You can feel it right away. So for example, the gloves that I gave you, Hogan, those, uh, a star, they're like short, a little bit mesh, not mesh, but they are perforated. Mm -hmm. So those were, I don't know what those were, $85 maybe, give or take, but they were too tight. So I gave them to you. They didn't really fit. And I went back and bought, I think, I think it was the built brand from psycho gear. So and it was only a little bit cheaper. I mean, they were still forty-five or fifty dollars, but you can feel the difference in the glove. So I, yeah, I have the right size; it fits, <laughs> but you can feel the quality of it. It's just not there. They they don't have the the same amount of dexterity. The stitching inside is a little bulky, so it leaves like some marks on your hands and like some indents, you know, versus the ones that you have they're much better finished inside so i would say to, to answer
3: with that and this is talking with kp since he's all gear and works in the parts and all that stuff he informed me and not to call him bad with cycle gear but what cycle gear does is buy the product and then they copy it from another manufacturer and put lesser quality in it and stitching everything else that was where yep. Tom, real quick with you, Rich, that was his thing about you going down to second gear to buy your track suit. And it's like, sure, you can go down and buy that tracksuit suit for X dollars. It's probably going to be one and done. Yeah, Where he'd like to sell you something a little better quality, try to get, you, I know it's going to be a little more money, but you're going to be better off. In his book.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and he presented a, a very good option too uh- a two-piece option, which I was interested in, so that it could be ridden more on the street. Like, I could ride the jacket without the pants, for example. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm considering that. I I like the one he proposed, but I, I knew that going in with Cycle Gear. I I knew it was going to be one and done, but at 300 bucks he, for a full leather suit, you can't really beat that.
3: Yeah, and... The, the Alpine Star, if I'm correct, are European cut. So that's the other thing you got to watch out for is some of the stuff is, some manufacturers are European cut and some of it is American. Mm-hmm. I would recommend going to Repzilla and listen to the reviews because they will tell you if it's European cut or American cut. Yep. I have like some of the stuff I've gotten is kind of a mix between American and European. So. Like the Olympia jacket that you wore, Rich was, you know, fits me a lot better than the Cortex. It is a size smaller,
2: but it fits than my better. My Cortex, yeah.
3: But it, but the elbows and the shoulder pads fit better or in better positions.
2: All right. Well, I guess one other. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the site where I've been watching a ton of videos on track suits and fitting and things like that and and i believe it's called sport bike track gear i'm not sure if i've got that right but i'll put a link in the show notes anyway but they have a ton of videos on they not only review the gear but they go through how to size yourself and how to make sure it fits so a lot of good videos on that so once i get the right size i'll call kp and order it up (laughs) and that that's the the joe rocket Speedmaster five i believe Correct. If we go that direction. And it's
3: a 360 zipper which the tracks are going to require you to have. Correct. And, you know, like you said, you can wear the jacket on the street and not have to worry about the pants. So,
2: Yeah. Well, or wear them both. But then, you know, like we said, you get somewhere, you just unzip, pop the jacket off, good to go. Yep. Instead of trying to walk around in the mountains, you know, at a coffee shop with the suit tied around your waist. They do it. I know people do it all the time, but Mm -hmm. all right, fellas, I guess we'll move it forward. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Well, before we go too far, Oh wait, sorry. Did you want to go? Did you want to mention bikes specifically? I'm sorry. I glossed right over that part.
3: No, I I don't need to.
2: Okay. Oh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Let's take a moment and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And we do that by thanking the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. Our first five members, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Our slack pack consists of Chuck, Nobby, Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, and Squatchy Pete. We have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, Chad, James, Bronco Ride, who I forgot last episode. Sorry, buddy. And Rich is our newest member who makes up the Riders group. And then we have Darren and the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast as the insiders. If you're not a member of the Riders of Loud Pipes, please check out loudpipes.net forward slash donate. Take a look at the support levels we have to offer. We also have a nice link there for one-time donations. And remember, anyone who sends a one-time donation, $50 or more, will also send you a Loud Pipes t-shirt with the new logo. In how many colors, John? One? Two? What are we doing this time?
3: Um, on the current prints, um, what's I on the site? Okay. <laughs> There's a whole mess load of
2: colors. New logo. It's on the site. Check it out. Whole mess of colors. Whole messes. All right, Mr. Hogan. Huh? The KTM Duke GT that I'm really kind of digging now. Yeah. We got some feedback from Eric over on Facebook who was giving us the specs. And fortunately I closed the page. So I'm going to have to go back over here. Um, but he was clarifying the weight because we were kind of fumbling with the weight and some of the specs last week. So he was giving us some of the breakdown on what the bike weighs, you know, the wet weight measured out because I guess KTM gives it in, in dry weight. So he was giving us some of that and some links to some pretty cool sound clips, which I will play in a moment. So I think I've stalled long enough. (laughs) So the GT's wet weight is 503 pounds, and that's a six-gallon fuel tank. Wow. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So this is going to be tuned a little bit. What they're saying is a little more manageable in the power delivery. Doesn't necessarily lose any power, but it's it's more manageable in the way it's delivered. And the Superdue R is even lighter at 472 pounds dry weight. So, very nice. And then I saw a dyno chart. I don't remember if it was stock exhausts or aftermarket, but it was 160, 165 horse at the wheel on the dyno. It's pretty nice. That's amazing. So, you want to hear yeah. it? I've got a couple of of couple of clips. They're they're in a dyno room, so it's not the best sound. But I have a stock exhaust. This is a Super Duke R 1290, and one with the full.
0: Uh, acro exhaust oh, system. Did, did you know that Cycle World gave that bike uh the is one of the, it's one of the top 10 best sport touring bikes on the market right now. On the GT? Yeah, on the GT, the 1290. I
2: think I saw that. Yeah. It's on the list. It's a lot more money than the FJ, but it's on the list. It's in the running. It's all going to yeah. come down to the test ride.
0: Yep. The
2: test ride's gonna be like, oh yeah, I gotta have this, or eh, don't need it. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a little sample of the stock Super Dook guard. Like I said, dyno room sound, so it's not bad. see the problem with that pull is i think he was in one gear too low because you hear how the dyno just shot up and then it hit the rev limiter mm-hmm. so when they did it with the aftermarket exhaust it's a much longer pull i think they had it in the right gear so i think they might have been one gear down because he hits the throttle just like rip and then it was done <laughs> so not bad for stock huh not bad and aftermarket Now that's a dyno pull.
0: Yeah, it is. Holy cow.
2: I like that. That's, oof, that's speaking to me now. Crazy, yeah, sounds, crazy rowdy V twin sport touring. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing.
2: So we'll have to see. Gonna have to get out and ride one. Mm-hmm. John set that up for us. <laughs> it's at
3: your favorite location.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. And it's a heck of a deal right now.
3: It is, if it's still in stock. It is. Did you look lately? No. I was
2: there Tuesday. I was there. Were oh, you? Yeah. Did you ride it? Yeah. I think you should ride it and tell me. Tell me how it is.
3: <laughs> Are you going to buy it then?
2: <laughs> if you approve, yes, I'll buy it. But you have to ride it. You won't be getting wow. a bike. I'm telling you, I just, I just want to see John on... Some Two kind wheels. of sport bike
0: would, you know, front wheel in the air, just ripping down the road. Oh, Lord. He'll be sh- and there'll be shit coming out of his pants.
2: <laughs> he be like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. I'm to just say poop.
2: <laughs> Radio edit. <laughs> yep.
3: So 16.5 uh, there.
2: Yeah, that's nice. That's really attractive.
3: But you got to see your coin because you got to buy a bike uh, next year.
2: I got to buy a bike next year? Yep. Why is that?
3: i be ready to eat some crow.
2: Oh, Livewire, you're talking. Yeah. Uh-huh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is if they're asking like $30,000, they can keep it. Right?
3: <laughs> oh, duh, duh, duh. No, you said if it came out, you're going to buy it. You and Zion. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, if it's thirty grand, I may be eating some crow then.
0: Right. <laughs> oh God, no! Please don't make it thirty grand. Harvey.
2: A lot, lot of bikes I can buy for thirty grand, including Modus, including an Indian,
3: <laughs> including a KTM Super Duke GT.
2: No, you see, the Indians missing one half of the sport touring equation. Right. <laughs> well, so is Harley, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> You're about fifty percent short, sorry. All right. Hmm. So that's cool. Thanks, Eric, for that. I appreciate it. I enjoyed the videos. And I got into a nice little YouTube rat hole this afternoon looking that up. I was like, oh, have I been looking at this for an hour already? It was kind of funny. Yeah. So that's all I've got. Any other updates on the bike,
0: Hogan? Uh let's see. No new updates other than the battery, a new tag. Uh, I still got the the same phone holder I got last year. (laughs) That worked out pretty good. Uh, Let's see. Does that that work with your new phone? It does. Okay. Which is nice. Fits like a glove, nice and snug. Because I know you had a smaller iPhone
2: 5 before.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then this phone is much bigger. Much bigger. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, I'm still on the fence regarding getting those cams. So that's still on the mm. horizon. Getting the cams put in. Well, other than that, no. I'll wire you some money you can get it taken care of. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh, and the seat, the seat I
2: want to get done. That seat was nice looking. Send me that link again. I want to put it in the show notes because that, without the tour bag on it, that really finishes off the back of that bike. Right? What well, nice job. And we, would you get the quilted uh brown same color would you mix it up? I thought about that. I don't know if I would do black or the brown. I don't know. It's the only other brown you have is the, the engine guards, right? Those, yeah. The leather f- flaps? Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the black that black quilted one was nice. Which which one are you looking at, Rico?
0: Well, I'll send it to you as well. Oh, see. I'm uno, on the site. Uno momento, por favor.
3: Look <laughs> up,
2: He is working on his Spanish.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Well, while you're looking that up, John, you got the hard bags on your bike, and you're ready to take on a big trip. You want to talk about that a little bit before we shut it down?
3: Yeah. We yeah. Got my little ride I'm going to be taking here. Your
2: short little two-day ride to Key West and back?
3: My, my Yeah, my round down to the mailbox and back. Good you know, that's Lord. All- that's all we're doing. Just run down to the mailbox and come back.
2: Are you going, Hogan? Are you still on the fence?
0: No. I I got sucked into a family event tomorrow, and uh, I totally forgot about the ride and when I committed to it. So, unless you're leaving Sunday. We are. We're leaving Sunday. Oh, you're leaving Sunday? Then, yeah, I could go. We're leaving Sunday at 2 a.m. from Raleigh.
2: So, you'll be in Atlanta by 6?
0: 7? nine oh nine
2: yeah, So oh, yeah. Nine okay.
0: o'clock. Sunday morning. I was thinking really? it was tomorrow. I thought you guys were leaving tomorrow. Then you're perfect. It works out then. Oh, thank goodness.
3: You'll be home by uh
0: Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, swing, swing, swing this way, then, John. We I'll are go for sure.
3: We're going by stock. We're going to all right. So yeah. yeah so, so, so cover
2: cover the route. I, I distracted. Sorry. All
3: right. So so Rurish is going to Motomino it's our um key west trip the first big trip of the year there is by the time we get to key west now if rico joins there's going to be 16 people there um not um let's see there'll be 14 bikes um one passenger and one moto in their car and Motamama is Irishman's mom, so she's going to join us in Florida. So the plan is is to leave Raleigh at 2 a.m. We're going to swing down by Charlotte, wave to Rich as we drive by,
2: and his sleepy sleepy because he won't come out and say hi to us. I'll be asleep. Yeah, uh, yeah. What time are you passing through? 4 a.m. Are you making a stop in Charlotte? We're stopping in Concord. That's not Charlotte. That's the closest we're getting there, buddy. <laughs> and what time? Ta- nah, I don't. I don't want to ride over there and say hello because then I'm going to want to go farther, and I can't.
0: Right? Yeah, that would like, suck. All right, guys, I'm hey, going I want off to... the exit now.
2: Yeah. yeah. Plus, I got to look at my front wheel. Yeah. Have fun. Okay. I'm sit home and mope.
3: So then we're going to go around um, down to Atlanta, swing around Atlanta, and then we're getting on I-75 South. And uh, then we're going down to Lake City, Florida, stopping in Ocala to pick up Monomama, Iris's sister and his brother-in-law. And then we're going to continue the rest of the way to Homestead, Florida, which hopefully is the iron butt will be completed by then. That's our plan.
2: So you're leaving at 2 a.m. What time are you expecting to get to Key West? Or do you, what time are you expecting to get to the end of the iron butt? Uh, midnight. Wow, so only two hours to spare.
3: Kind of, yes, but my hope is that we we'll make up time.
2: Now, everybody doing that run? I mean, minus Rico because he'll be short several so hours. So
3: everybody except for Irish's sister, brother-in-law, whoever's meeting us in Florida. Is out. Everybody else is meeting us.
2: Is doing it. So it's going to be. It's going to be sixteen or fifteen bikes going for the iron butt.
3: Give me a second. Let me open it up again. I think it's more like
2: thirteen. We said Rico would be sixteen, but anyway, the point is, you've got a big group that's going to leave from Raleigh, and you guys are all going to try and get the the iron butt.
3: Yep. In fact, um, we even are going to have from the app that you've talked to kinetic is coming from Kentucky and meeting us in Georgia and he's doing the iron butt from Kentucky. Nice. So
2: that's awesome. A- I can't wait. I can't wait for next week's recording. <laughs>
3: so there's actually going to, there's 13 riders that are actually doing the iron butt. And if, and, and then if Rico joins up with us, I mean, that'd be, that's going to be up to uh, six, 17 people that will be there so awesome so four won't be doing iron butt in uh 13r and it's it's pretty cool we've already been irishman reached out to iron butt about trying to do a special pin for us or something that didn't work out because we're not big enough big enough it had to be like 100 people um
2: oh wow okay
3: <laughs> yeah it's a big group ride so i mean we have a pretty good group. Um, have some things that we're going to try to do of pairing up in pairs. Like one person get gas while the other person runs into the bathroom stuff that they swap. When they come back, you, you know, do a little swap and away we go. So
2: how often are you stopping or planning every to stop
3: every about 130. That's why it's kind of
2: mm-hmm. time.
3: Time is longer uh, due to the fact that we have some, a lot of the sport bikes that are with us only can do about the 130, 140 range. And then they, they start getting, gas lights started coming on. They start getting concerned. We are concerned with Kinetics R1 because he's mocked, souped it up, and everything else. And we're not sure. We think, we're talking in the group, that he should be able to do 130. Farthest he's gone is 100 miles. So we have some... We're gonna have some spare fuel bottles with us. So,
2: um, yeah. So you you, you probably want to just let him. You since you have you have in spare fuel, just let him run it out one time and see how far you get.
3: Yeah, yeah. We're 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 gonna figure out how that goes. So,
2: although with fuel injection, it it may not like that. Yeah. Um, hmm. That'll be interesting. Be curious to hear. How many miles he does get out of a tank on that fire breathing R one? It's an R one,
3: yeah. right? Yeah, it's an R one that yeah. he's modded. um uh Talking with Rat from the app that has the CBR one thousand, he can do about a hundred and sixty miles on a tank. Mm-hmm. So he's already done it. And that one is all stock, but and then um, so then the next day we're going to get up and we're going to head down to key West being key West for a few hours and start heading back North. we're going to, uh, make a stop in Miami at the hospital due to one of the, our riders that was going to meet up with us had mm-hmm. some type of accident. We're not exactly sure on what happened, but he's paralyzed from the waist down right now.
2: And oh, this is someone, so this is not, um, What's the girl's Miami and merch? Were you going right. to see her as well?
3: We're going to meet up with her too.
2: Okay, so this is another guy.
3: Yep. This guy just happened this year, a couple of weeks ago. He was actually going to meet us. He, there's a video, and the only thing I know is that it was in his garage, and he did something stupid
2: in his garage. We're
3: not sure what. Oh, happened. Okay. I, I think he might have been trying to ride a bike into doing something, riding a bike into the garage, and. Right. Something happened. We cool. we don't know the details. We just know that he's pretty banged up. He's in the hospital and we're gonna stop and visit with him.
2: All right. Well if you we find out and he wants to share, let us know.
3: Yeah. Um and then we are then after we visit with him, we're heading up to our sister house, which is outside of Jacksonville arrival time. I hope this isn't the case. It's four AM in the morning. Hmm. Wait, what
2: what happened? Yeah, this is on the the way back yeah it's yeah well the way back doesn't matter people can can scatter and do whatever they want because you're not trying to get the iron butt right Right.
3: so yeah I mean they can do whatever but I mean we have a bunch of stops like we're gonna like we're leaving a hotel like nine o'clock Monday morning it's like almost three hour ride down to Key West is what Google Maps says spend a couple hours there going to stop someplace have lunch on the way back stop at the hospital for an hour. Or so, I mean, we've had a bunch of added stops that aren't <laughs> full riding. So, and then, uh, Tuesday, get up and we're heading home. So ETA be home about nine ten o'clock. I think Tuesday night.
2: Good luck with that. I can't wait to hear about it next week.
3: So Rico, if you're coming,
2: I think he's, what he's saying is man up,
0: <laughs> right? Whoa, I gotta go ride some more to get the.
3: Yeah, there's there's no. <laughs> yeah, this is um. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I I'm guess, used to it. I, I guess I'm I'm starting to, as starting to set in. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna be doing this. All right. I signed up for it, so.
2: Yeah, I just I guess I don't like the leaving in the middle of the night part. That just seems like starting in the wrong foot
3: um why i did that was we kp wanted to go and he has to work saturday i wanted to leave later in the day but if we did then we could tell him to the hotel later so you check in the hotel at what two three o'clock in the morning you got to check up by 11 Mm -hmm.
2: so well and i guess right no matter what time you start It's going to be about 20, 22 hours after that when you finish. So you're going to ride through the night anyway.
3: Right. So hopefully we make up time. That's my goal. Um, And as I planned it all out, I used the Google Analytics for the times, and I used the advanced, you know, the longest it said to go. I mean, because some of the routes, like it says to go from here to the first stop in Concord is two hours and 20 minutes. I think we can make it in two hours. You know, so
2: yeah, because I, I made it all the way home from your house in two hours. Right. And that's from Concord to here is can be another 30-40 minutes.
3: Right, so we might be making time up. And that's my hope. And that's okay. the, the goal is saying, and when I booked, you know, and I also even budgeted time at the stops for um, break as well, like 15 to 20 minute break anyways.
2: Oh, 15 minutes. What a Rich.
3: guy. Yeah, you get your coffee, can't do you. Know.
2: <laughs> what a guy. <laughs>
3: it's okay, Rich. When I plan our trip, I'll make sure you got a good 30 minute stop. Okay. Is that enough time for you when I plan our
2: trip? <laughs> I'll Just let me leave a day in advance. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll leave a day before you guys.
3: Okay. So All that's right. that's what's happening with me.
2: Oh, while you're on a roll, you want to just close out the events, and then we'll move on oh. to the downshift.
3: Sure. So that's the first event. And the um, next one is the second annual congregational show.
2: Sure is. Okay. All right.
3: yeah. April 14th from 2 to 8 p.m. I don't know where that's at. Mm, not in the notes.
2: Not in the notes.
3: Not in the notes. Where are they at, Rich? Is that in Charlotte?
2: I have a link in there. Just click on it. Oh, well.
3: <laughs> but then that requires me to click on the link.
2: It is in Charlotte, yes. Can't I think it's called Camp North is the area, but we'll put the exact location in there.
3: All right. And then we're going to have the second annual East Coast Moto Amino meetup June 9th here in Wake Forest at Capital Power Sports, where mm-hmm. KP works. And then we got the third annual motorcycle podcast challenge, which team Low
2: pipes have signed up for i'm signed up i'm in
3: so have you found your third rider yet
2: who's my second rider double d no oh, rico i thought dave was the second rider rico signed up oh rico signed up so you're number two rico i guess so you guess so i need oh, you little, need number three who's I need your, a little who's more you? confidence than that though no no, <laughs> no i'm, I'm here, dude. kidding me <laughs>
0: When does this start again? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> June 21st.
1: Yeah.
0: You gonna have a bike <laughs> running around then? <laughs> you give me a heart attack. <laughs> All right. What so else? It, Is that it? You know it's 12 hours and 15 minutes from my place to Key West. Yeah. Okay. To so you
3: know, when we hit your place, it's halfway. For you. When we get, down, when, we get when we get to. Georgia area. It's about halfway.
0: Cool. So are you guys going through Jacksonville?
3: No. We're going through um, Lake City. Okay. So we're going to go down to Lake City, go around Tampa, Fort Myers, and then we're going to go through the Everglades. So we're missing all the tolls. All right. And the Daytona 500 traffic is the hope.
2: Oh, yeah. That's Sunday. Yeah. Kenny, are you coming down to watch that? And then, virtually.
3: All right, then we're gonna have the first annual Love Pipes meetup session one in Gettysburg, PA. Yeah, yeah. July thirteenth and fourteenth, and I think uh, Dangerous Dave, Zion, I think Chris, and I think Bronco Ride's talking about coming as well.
2: Yep. So that would make it a six pack. Brother Hogan, maybe. Yeah. After we win the MPC, we can go on up to Pennsylvania and hang out. Sounds good. And,
3: and then we got the 14th annual Barber Vintage Festival.
2: Change. Wow. Getting there. There it
3: is. October 5th through the 7th. And then uh, Roger's coming out. That's also going to be the second Loud Pipes meetup session number two, I should call. Yep. Has named it. And Roger from Oregon is going to come down to hang out with us. And then him and I are supposed to be riding back west. Just the plan. Hey, have you started working on my AIM tickets yet?
2: Yeah, of course I did. Yep. Good. I got something to forward you. All right, Awesome.
3: <laughs> all right, that's all the events, unless there's anything else I missed.
2: That's good. Well, thank you, John. And before we sign off, I would like to again thank the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you feel the show is providing you some value, then please visit loudpipes.net slash donate and join in the value for value model. And we do this show most weeks, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, although the last two have not been on Thursdays, but that is the regular time for the, the live show. Join us at loudpipes.net slash live. There's a chat component there where you can interact with the other writers that are listening and interact with us as well. We're watching the live stream as much as we can. Follow us on that Mixler app and you'll get notifications at any time when we go live. If you can't support the show monetarily, we certainly understand that. And we just ask that you head over to a place like iTunes, maybe Stitcher Radio, or perhaps you want to be our first review on Google Play Music. That would be cool. Or wherever you get your podcast. leave us a little rating or review. We appreciate it. It does help us to reach other riders and put some fuel in the tank. Additional information from this episode, including links and images, can be found on our website, cloudpipes.net slash 118. We also have links there to leave us some feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. Brother Hogan. Hey. Kick stands up. Let's do this, Brutus. All right. Johnny John. Everyone ride safe. As always. And don't hit any concrete.
0: Yeah.
3: Thank you for listening.
0: Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.